The Power Trip is a proud member of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. You can find more, more phenomenal Kaiju and Tokusatsu content at kaijuramenmedia.com. What's up, everyone? It is JDF, the Green Ranger, and you are listening to The Power Trip. It's morphin' time. Listeners with Attitude, I am Nathan, and here with me, as always, is my co-host, Michael. Hello, hello. But guess who else is with us today? Surprise, listeners with Attitude, we're here with the man who composed your childhood, (laughs) (laughs) the rock star of Power Rangers himself, Mr. Ron Wasserman. Hello, everybody. How are you doing today? (laughs) we're really excited now (laughs) yes uh no ron thank you we were we were telling you just now off cast but thank you so much man for for taking time out of your i would imagine very busy schedule uh to sit down and talk to us for about an hour so yeah we really do appreciate it my pleasure oh man (laughs) for the like three people who might be listening who don't know who you are can you give us a quick rundown I am a composer for television, and I got my first break in the 90s writing the theme for X-Men, and then after Mm -hmm. that, Power Rangers, and um, everything else done at this place, Saban Entertainment, that had those shows. And then uh, since then, I've done games and another 2,000-plus, 3,000-plus episodes of television. Mm -hmm. I had a band with my ex-wife called Fisher. We were signed and uh, toured a good good part of the world with that while doing a bunch of commercials back then at the same time. So I apologize if you bought something because of something I wrote for something you didn't need. So, you know, we, we, we made the joke at the, at the top of the show, Ron, that you, you composed our childhood, but it sounds as though you literally did compose our childhood because you, you, you started out with X-Men and then you moved into Power Rangers and like the plethora of other projects you've had your hands in. So, so yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at his composing credits right now and it goes on for days. (laughs) (laughs) I had a lot of energy then. Yeah. (laughs) So, so Ron, I have to ask, like, just to get us kicked off here, how did you, how did you get started in the business? Uh, well, I had, cause I, well, a, the great motivator was I was broke and I couldn't <laughs> do anything else to like, earn a living. And, uh, so I started just joining bands in the eighties that would, that would, uh, you know, be advertising, looking for somebody to play keyboards. And then I would end up starting to write the stuff and produce sure. the stuff. And then in 89, I ended up one night at Saban Entertainment, just engineering mixing for another composer. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of fascinating, that world. 
Yeah. And it seemed like it could actually, you could actually make money as opposed to playing in bands. Sure. Not that that was the motivate motivator, but, um, right. so I kind of never went away. I just stayed there and kept, uh, working for them and then writing stuff of my own. Mm-hmm. And, um, a couple of the producers there kind of broke me of the songwriting format. Mm. Um, and then eventually I started learning how to score stuff, but I could barely get anything through on, on anything prior to X-Men because I did kind of high energy, faster stuff. And they were still doing direct to home video, little Mm. cartoony, crappy things. (laughs) 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 So, uh, yeah. And, and then after X-Men, of course I could, do what I wanted, which was great. But that's how I ended up in television. And then television led to uh, commercials and and more television. So mm-hmm. it was great. You've even done a little bit of film composition, I see here. Yeah, I've done a couple films more for friends. And I just finished one, which is a sequel to uh, the first one was called Stars Fell on Alabama, which I guess did pretty well. It's a roma- uh, romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up scoring the sequel. So I had to kind of get up to up to speed on romantic comedies because, <laughs> frankly, I've never watched one. <laughs> <laughs> I've, most men haven't, unless the, well, well, unless the woman in their life makes them. <laughs> look, speak for yourself. There are some really great rom rom coms out there, Nathan. Come on. No, I'm sure there is. No, absolutely, absolutely. Now, I, now I, I have to ask, Ron. Um, Cause you, it sounds as though you've always had a passion for music. It, like you basically would, would, would it be fair to say you were basically born with a guitar in your hand? Well, I don't play guitar, but I was born with a, a, a record in my hand. So mm-hmm. I started playing piano when I was three and I started writing when I was five. Wow. And okay. then, you know, between like five and 27, there was, it took a long time to break in. I had right. that, annoying school thing that was in my way <laughs> right yeah yeah that that thing that, that thing that no one that, that thing's basically a formality now um yeah to be, it feels like it it feels like it yeah uh but but i was gonna ask um it sounds it, it sounds as though like making the transition from just playing music for yourself and just being it just being a passion of yours into actually working on like film and television scores like what was the um I'm trying to think what was like the biggest challenge in that transition. Again, it was breaking that format because songs are always the same. You have the intro, first verse, chorus, second Mm -hmm. verse, chorus, uh, what used to be solo, which now is a breakdown and then chorus out. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. all, they're all pretty much the same format. Sure. So breaking yourself of a lifetime, pretty much of writing in that format is not, easy to do it's easier when you're scoring the picture but when you're just kind of learning and you're doing it without picture you have to just move things in all sorts of directions and build Mm. and you know it's a lot more dynamic it's very very different yeah and then you learn more constantly as you go about what's appropriate how to stay out of the way of dialogue and sound effects and because the cuts i'm given like on this film the dialogue hadn't been cleaned up yet. So it was pretty noisy and there's none of the other stuff. So you're, you're, you just learned to hear past all that after Mm -hmm. doing it enough years. Mm -hmm. I know in television, it was just hit the action. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, with the, uh, with shows like Power Rangers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. 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 I was just going to say, I know a little bit about that with podcast editing, because you gotta you gotta work around the, the the sound mixing, you know, and determine the levels of the music or the sound effects or whatever, so you can make sure you're not drowning out mm-hmm. things that need to be emphasized. Yeah, I hear some pretty bad mixes on things now and then uh, with with podcasts and you know YouTube videos. Oh. All of a sudden, you're like, "What is? What are they saying? That the music is cranked." <laughs> so yeah. pretty funny, but yeah, I know it's a challenge. Mixing is hard. Yeah. Mm, yes. Yes, it is. So, just out of curiosity, who are your musical influences and inspirations? Maybe you know some of your favorite artists. Uh, well, growing up, it was uh, Pink Floyd and Genesis and Jethro Tull. Of and course. Black Sabbath and, of course. and George and George Gershwin and um, and a lot of and some whenever I could get a hold of film score stuff, it was not as easy as just you know asking for it and listening to anything like now. And my my folks would somehow my dad would find some old records of soundtracks for mm. they were usually musicals, was which I wasn't that much into, but it was just another form of composing. Yeah. Mm. But I would you, just learn those things. I could play anything by ear, so it was kind of fun. Oh. Do you happen to remember, Ron, like the, the piece of music or the record that, that just made you want to be a composer? Like the moment you heard it, you're like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life? Well, honestly, no, because I never, ever ever considered going in the music business because none of my friends were musicians right and nobody in my family had one cousin that was sure. but he played clarinet and you know i did that in junior high band but i didn't really think wow i'm gonna be a clarinet player so it never occurred to me until but i thought it might go in the photography so mm-hmm. i kind of went to oh. school for that for a very oh. brief time up in a place called california institute of the arts and Valencia, oh, and after I ran out of money after about a year and a half, and they pulled me in, and they said, "Why, you know, why are you even doing that? You sit in the ballet studio and play piano all day. Maybe you <laughs> should go into music." And so I kind of left there, went to a few more schools temporarily, and I was always sure. asked to leave by the music people because I, I just do what I do, and mm-hmm. they uh, they figured. Well, uh, I'm going to get a newspaper and see if anybody's looking for bands or for a keyboard player for bands. And I'm just going to start joining bands and figure this out however I can. So while working horrid day jobs, I would do the band stuff at night and weekends. What was the name of your first band, Ron? What was the name of your first band, Ron? Yeah, what was it called? It was called Observer. Uh, and we, our observe. first gig was at the Ro- the Roosevelt Hotel on Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood. And it was like, I don't know how, a couple hundred people showed up. And I went, wow, okay, this is great. This is great. And then you get your drink ticket and $12 and go, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right, set. Just keep working at this. Going to get set. Going to find a way to get a record deal somehow here. And that band was short lived and then there were a couple others and then one that we almost got signed and then 
then I ended up with this gal, E.G. Daly, who was Pee Wee Herman's girlfriend on Pee Wee's Big Top Adventure. (laughs) She got signed to A&M Records at this dance hit. Yeah. And so I ended up being the uh, music director for that band. She saw me play with somebody else and said, hey, come with me. And so I did. And that was a great band because it it was – it was Matt Bissonette on bass who went on to do everything with David Lee Roth and everybody else in the world. And the drummer was Matt Sorum who went on the guns and roses. Mm-hmm. I mean, Oh yeah. Wow. It, it was, it was a good band. Right. Mm-hmm. It sounds like considering it, yeah. what we were doing, but it was a great band. So mm-hmm. different than what we all ended up doing. You know, it was yeah. like oh. dance music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what instruments do you play? Just, uh, just keyboard. Every bit of that guitar you hear was was done on a keyboard, except oh. some of the lead guitars. Occasionally, oh. that's a real person. Wow. Okay, that actually plays guitar. Yeah, the rest, the rhythm, every bit of Power Rangers. That entire theme is one hundred percent sounds I created, so I could play it on a keyboard. Because I always wanted to play guitar. It's such a great instrument, but uh-huh. I just don't have the you know, when you push down your whole life and that's how you work, holding that, the neck with your left hand. And I just don't have that kind of dexterity for it. Right. Mm. Mm. Ron, I tried. Believe me, I tried. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, Ron, if you ever come around to my neck of the woods in Fort Wayne, Indiana, you got to stop by Sweetwater Sound. You would have a heyday. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> That would be fun to see. Yeah, that place is beautiful. I mean, I haven't been there, but I know it's huge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where I get all my podcast gear. (laughs) But so tell us about your composing process. How do you go about each piece of music? Like, for example, Go Go Power Rangers. You know, what was your approach to that? Well, the theme on that was uh, I was actually working on something for that band with uh, for Fisher that I wanted to work on that night. And they came in, they said, we need a theme. I don't remember if they showed me any artwork. They mm-hmm. may have, they told me the name of the show. Right. And I wanted to get it done. So to be honest with you from the groove just came to me, the rest just came. The lyrics is their only thing was, Hey, maybe use the word go because mm-hmm. Saban, had such, success with uh inspector gadget go gadget go right the theme song for that so i just banged that thing out in in two and a half hours and did a fairly okay mix and sent it off and the next day they called and they said fox loves it and i said (laughs) well you guys who's gonna sing it And they said no fox loves it it stays as is so it was never touched (laughs) Never touched from that first night. <laughs> so that crazy. process was lightning strikes, which it does now and then. That yeah. usually happens um, happens with themes yeah. and, um, and songs. I don't really sit and labor, belabor it. Sometimes it doesn't come and I just walk away. Sure. Um, mm. And then the idea just comes to me. There's other times I'm on the phone, and this has happened a few times. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, "Hey, we need uh, something for uh, like the show I was doing with Cedric the Entertainer." I said, "We need a, a choir piece, like it's kind of a hip, upbeat, you know, choir song." 
And I said, oh, I hear the whole thing right now and hung up on them and just recorded it into my phone <laughs> real quick. Then to the process of, of getting the damn thing done. When it comes to scoring shows or even that movie, um, <clears throat> well, with the director, we watched most of it down over sure. Zoom and he gave me his notes. But usually I, ne I start at the beginning and I do not look at the project going forward. I score as I go mm -hmm. because uh, that way I stay interested and I'm not thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this here because in 12 minutes from now, I need to do something similar. I just go with it. So it's kind of, I'm doing it as on the fly, which is, I know most people don't do it all. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. So I know that you did the theme songs for the first six seasons of Power Rangers, and then you did SPD. How mm -hmm. long were you doing the music cues for the show itself? I think about three years. So what happens is you score the first maybe 10 or 12 episodes wall mm -hmm. to wall. You score the whole thing and you break them in the different cues. Then the music editors start coming in. So I would get a new episode and I would on average score about nine minutes of it with new stuff. Sure. And I would just leave holes everywhere where I knew the music editor could fill it in because there was no sense in, in, you know, there was a lot of redundancy in that show. So there was no mm -hmm. reason to to go back and do everything. Time you saw Bulk and Skull was the same theme. Mm -hmm. I'll just right. let the music editor drop it in. Sure. And I could get through about, I could get through a show a night. I got about nine minutes of score wow. done a night on that thing. Because it gave me so much other work to do also. You know, it was Sweet Valley High and and uh, VR Troopers and mm -hmm. commercials. And so it was, it was very busy. Mm. It was fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah it was. Like it. <laughs> Undoubtedly. Yeah. yeah. So just kind of looking through here. What are you most proud of from your time on Power Rangers? I um that it's affected it affected that entire generation of kids that watched it um that they remember it that's very flattering it, yeah i have no ego about this stuff it's really just my day job but so i've heard had a lot of kids well now they're adults write me over the years saying i was growing up in an abusive environment and oh wow wow i don't know what it was but your songs and all that. It just gave me a little bit of strength. I could go in my bedroom and just listen to that. I was listened to it 12 times a day and it helped. So that's where I feel truly lucky. So that's the thing I'm most proud of. If it did anything for anybody, got them through even a moment, you know, just mm. that's it. Yeah. And music is powerful like that. Let me tell you, I, I'm not a musician, but my sister is so, and my mm -hmm. mother is a singer. So I know about it. Yeah, it carries it carries a lot of weight with people. Of course, it does with me too. Um, but it really, really can. It's probably the most influential form of media we have because mm. you don't have to sit and watch the movie, or you don't have to do. You can just listen and do stuff around the house or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, and you can find any mood instantly. That's mm -hmm. is what I love about streaming now. Mm. Because they can just uh, 
you know, you could just call it up, say, play sad songs, <laughs> <laughs> death metal. I mean, when I'm in the car, if people were with me in the car, they would think I was crazy. Yeah. Play classical. No, not this one. Oh, that's good. Play solo piano. Uh, play war pigs by uh, black Sabbath. <laughs> it's all amazing. over the map. I'm a little bit. I'm a little curious, Ron. What's what's the most challenging piece of music you've ever you've ever written during your career? Mm, that is a good question. I think probably that X Men theme was the most difficult because there were so many notes on it constantly going, right? As it evolved, and um, I haven't really. It's never really been difficult. There's been times I've had. That's uh, especially on a commercial, they would call and say, we need something. It's nine in the morning. We need something by five. And now it's three and I still haven't come up with anything. Mm. And, but then it suddenly happens. It's always there. I just got to mm. right. be open to it or not overthink mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love those Eureka moments. I'm a writer. So it, yeah, I, I do a lot of similar things. Obviously I'm not in the same field or medium as you, but uh, it's amazing. But it's the same thing. Yeah. It's just amazing when it comes to you and you're like, I finally know what to do. <laughs> yeah. And then it's fast and furious. I'm an art, I'm an art director by day and it's, and sometimes I'll be um, trying to like, work. I'll, I'll be working on this branding pitch and like, I, I've got nothing and I've got, I've got a client call at 9am the next day. And I'll just yeah. be taking a shower before bed and it'll just, and it'll just come to me. Like the pitch will come to me. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, that's it's, the thing. It's, it's like, like you said, it's like lightning strikes, uh, like, 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 like lightning in a bottle. We've talked about on this show how that whole, how Power Rangers itself was sort of lightning in a bottle. And that's sort of how creativity works in a way is it just, it, it sometimes it'll just come to you and you don't know where it's, it, you don't know exactly when or where, but it just does. Yeah, it feels like channeling. It feels like you finally mm-hmm. tune into the right frequency and you get the idea. The ideas are out there. You just got to right. be in tune with it. It's almost it's like not a so much creating as it is. Yeah, it's like a puzzle. Yeah, it's very, uh, it's, and there are times uh, where I've worried that I wouldn't make a deadline, but I've never missed one ever. Because wow. the, the more stress I have and the harsher the deadline, the better I work. <laughs> So the You're worst thing anybody people, huh? could do is say, yeah, I mean, I'm doing a video game. I've been working on it on and off for four or five years. And he said, ah, well, there's still more that you need to do. I sent you the script and I marked everything up. I said, well, when do you need it? He's like, you know, it's kind of open. I mean, we're going to release it next year. So there's like, I'm like, no. so I haven't touched it. I'm going to wait until I have a hard deadline and then uh, it'll be great. Cause if I don't, I'll just screw around with it forever. Right. It's uh, it you get like it. the guy making the game needs to get on the dime there. Yeah. Well, he's, he's actually doing this game on his own. He's got people working for him some, but mm. it, it, it is such a huge undertaking and mm. he's a perfectionist. So uh, mm. when, when it gets done, well, actually, I'll tell you the truth. When he starts actually recording the final dialogue, because the game itself works sure. fine. Um, but when he starts recording dialogue, then I'll think, okay, now I, I better, I've got like another 30 little 
background things to write. So I better mm-hmm. get on it. Hmm. Hmm. So know, looking at our questions, trying to figure out where to, uh, where to go next. So we mentioned that you worked on Rangers for a while. You have, mm-hmm. you have, I'm, I'm trying to do the math in my head. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five. You have five Power Ranger themes to your name. Go, go Power Rangers, obviously the icon. Mm-hmm. And then you did the theme for Zio, Turbo, In Space, and then SPD. Yeah, so, SPD was a blast. Oh, yeah. I see. That's what I was going to ask because we've talked about GoGo. Can you tell us what went into creating the other themes? Most of them are a bit of a blur because I think I did some while I was had so many other projects going on. <laughs> SPD, I remember best. A uh, mm. guy from Disney called and said, we want to go back to the original sound. And we want to go back to the rock thing. Right. And they then they send you the, as uh, they do often animation, they send you a few pages to read. It's about each character, which I kind of breeze over because I, I don't, some people like to write about each character. I did that recently in a theme, but that was absolutely right. what they wanted. And better, it's better to just come up with something that's just brilliant and general about the show. Mm-hmm. So SPD was another thing. I I still have some of those original files. That was oh, wow. an afternoon. It was just an afternoon of work. Mm-hmm. And I sent over the mix and he said, all right, I love it. I'm going to play it for everybody. And then I was out of town and he called and he said, it's, it's a go. He goes, but could you add some sirens here and there? And I said, <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, why not? Is, is that all? <laughs> and then I said, so now do I get to also score the show? And he said, no, Disney never allows the theme writers to score the show and vice versa. Oh. Oh, Same on. with Nickelodeon. Yeah, oh. it's weird. Oh. Uh, uh, that actually, that, that actually, goofy. that actually leads me into another into a question I was thinking about, Ron. Like, what, like, what were the differences? If you can talk about it, like, what were the differences between working with Haim Saban and Disney? Well, Disney uh, does everything. I mean, it's no secret that Saban. In those days, they took all the rights from all the composers. Everybody mm-hmm. who d- created anything, the writers, it was non-union um, for those guys, and it was just he he owned everything. Um, so that's one thing. At Disney, you get uh, your writer's share, which is wonderful. But the other thing was just the approach. To, uh, Saban was more of a, if you come up with something great, and Disney was a little bit more, not directing, they tried it first, but a little bit more organized, like we're focused on this one thing and we have a whole team of people. The good part about Saban is the buck stopped with Haim Saban. If, if he approved it, it was done. It wasn't done by committee. Mm-hmm. So, and he has a great sense for what will work and what won't work. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he, he knew to do this. So, mm-hmm. um, so that was that was the difference. It was one one person that was going to make the decision as opposed to 10 people being involved and maybe 10 people uh, having different opinions or everybody wanting to just have an opinion so that they can show the company they're participating in it. Mm. It's a pain in the butt when that <laughs> oh. happens. Right. Oh, I bet. 
Yeah. Now, the, this is a since we have some time. Uh, we mentioned that you did you did make the SPD theme, but you did submit themes for a few of the other Disney seasons before SPD. And now we know you worked on Mystic Force. You submitted some demos for Mystic Force. Were there any others? No, it was just Mystic Force. I wrote that other rock theme. It was approved. Mm. And then it went to committee. And one of the producers, uh, literally the guy from Disney calls, he goes, all right, sit down. He goes, one of the people that we have to listen to on the show has decided it should be rap. (laughs) And I just, I just said, (laughs) I said, well, I'm going to try something. Uh I said, but it's not going to work, but I'm going to just do it to do it just because it'll be fun. (laughs) And it was great. So I banged something out and I sent it to him. And with that note, say, don't forget, this isn't going to work. And he just wrote back right away and said, you know yourself well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Ron, I am so glad you have that self-awareness because when we did our episode on Mystic Force, because one of the things we do, one of our talking points is talking about the theme for each season. And we did mention that your unused demos and we we weren't impressed with the rap with your rap theme either. No offense. <laughs> oh no. T- you, uh, <laughs> don't even worry about it. <laughs> it's, however, uh, however, we do no, it think sucks. they should. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. However, we do think they should have gone with your rock theme. We liked it better than they the actual theme they should've. used. <laughs> and I, I ended up on a panel at, at uh, power Morphicon maybe six years ago. I can't remember with right. all, the mystic force people uh-huh. <laughs> i just looked over i said so you know they would ask me a question like why didn't you use ron's theme you know it was out there da, 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 da. they were politely blowing it off and i just looked over i said so what's it like to have like i said there's like 150 seasons of the show now and the theme <laughs> you picked is the least memorable worst theme <laughs> of the entire <laughs> franchise i said how does that feel <laughs> and, and they were pissed. It was great. <laughs> well, in defense of Mystic Force, I don't think they have the worst theme. No, that goes to that goes to a different one where they took the rap thing even farther, and it really doesn't work. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I, I haven't. You know, I don't follow. So it was. Right. It was after right. that, right? Yeah, right. It was after that. Yeah, it was Operation Overdrive, which, yeah, they tried to take it a step further, and it <laughs> with the rap. And I'm making a note. You know, I, I was telling. It's I was not telling, the type of show that we rap on. It's not a rap show, right? <laughs> That's what we were saying. It's like this franchise was born in rock and metal music. Why are you switching to rap? It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> They're just thinking this would make us cool. This is really going to work. This is this is totally going to work. Yeah, it's just it's, it's, it's not an urban show. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, well, it, it kind of screams. Uh, what is the meme? Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> Hello, fellow kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're just like you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We well, like and rap. then. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then they literally had a character actually rap on the show. And it was a robot, and it was terrible. And I've just, 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Mega force, man. It just doesn't work. Actually, that brings up a, an interesting question. I were, did, were you consulted at all later? I'm guessing probably not when GoGo was basically covered for a couple of seasons. I think it was, it was Samurai and Megaforce. I no, I and mean, people would write and say they're still using your they're still using your vocal and they're still using that hook and they're trying to write around it. And I said, uh -huh. "Well, that's flattering." Okay. And it's like <laughs> at one on point, to, on I just to the went, next project, yeah, I, yeah. They did it with several several years, right? Several more than twice, I think. Or they I don't I don't know. I, it yeah. seems like I would hear about it a lot, and I would just say, "Well." If they would ever call me, then they could have something else that was really uh, strong. Mm. But they just they just have to keep redoing it. So yeah. uh, whatever. I mean, it's I mean, it's the icon for glad. a reason. It's the icon yeah. for a reason, Ron. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they should have uh, just modified it in a different way. Thank right. you. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I because I took. The I took those to when we t I did those episodes. I took the those themes to task because I'm like, can't you carve out your own musical identity? I get it. Go Go Power Rangers is an icon. We all love it, but let this be its own show. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just it was kind of just a way for them to to get out of, or they couldn't come up with something. I don't even know who was writing this stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I would never think to go back. Mm. Uh, to go back to the old music, you mean? Yeah, I mean, if if they called and they said uh, we just want to use that one line, but write a whole new theme around it, I'd go, no, no, let's do something incredibly strong that's new and mm -hmm. still has that energy, and that's what we should be doing here. Yeah, I, I miss well, the. Um, I, I was gonna say, I miss the. Um, uh, the 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 in show themes I don't know what to call them but the like the character themes like the go Green Ranger yeah. go that that kind of stuff like that's what I like what later seasons I feel have lacked is some of those like really iconic character themes that you had written mm -hmm. yeah it helps uh, Heim was Heim Saban was very much into themes for characters mm. you know, he didn't and say write one for each of the Rangers. There was just occasionally they would say, we're featuring this. So write something for the white Ranger, the green Ranger. Yeah. Like, please don't make me write something for the pink Ranger. That's going to be hard to <laughs> <laughs> go pink Ranger. Go. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. I do have, I do have one little fanboy question to ask Nathan before we, before we move on to some of uh, Ron's other stuff. And it's just a really mm -hmm. short question, Ron. The, the the Zed theme were you in? The, it sounds a little bit like the Imperial March from Star Wars. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was that's what Heim Saban suggested. He goes, "You know the Darth Vader. You know Darth Vader. You know Darth Vader has a song. And Darth Vader, I like I like that song. Maybe we could do something like that for my Lord Zed." I said, "You got it. I'm on it." <laughs> <laughs> I like this Heim Saban impersonation. <laughs> oh, my sound effects friend that does voices does uh, does an imitation of Heim that was so good that Heim would get in, be in an elevator with a bunch of executives, and my friend would walk in, and he would just look at my friend and go, "Do me." He's like, "Nah, nah," you know. And he's like, "No, 
do me. <laughs> I mean, it was it was it was hard to tell them apart. It was so close. So yeah, oh, it's very funny though. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I do want to I, I do want to zoom out just a little bit, Ron, uh, and talk about some of the other sure. projects outside of the Rangers that you're that you're the most proud of. Um, so. Can you talk about some of those? Can you talk about some of the the projects, either recent or past projects, that have really that you've been that you just been essentially just been really really proud of? Yeah, I really really my favorite show is I think in 2010 I started this uh, adult sitcom called Hot in Cleveland that had Betty White and oh uh, yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And Valerie Bertinelli, we had already yeah. known each other from because she was a fan of the band. And so, mm-hmm. which leads me back to a story in 2000. Just so you know, Eddie Van Halen thought I played all that stuff on guitar. I fooled mm-hmm. Eddie Van Halen. So wow. that was a very proud moment for me because he handed me the guitar. He goes, "Took me like two weeks to learn this for Woofy," and goes, "Show me how you played." I'm like, I went over to the piano and I said, "You're not going to like this." <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and funny enough, there was a Van Halen song in the Mighty Morphin movie, right, and they did right, a cover right. of your theme in the movie, which I actually yeah. like that cover, just yeah. throwing that out right. there. So you kind of got to hang out with Van Halen there. Yeah, it was. It's that was a very funny moment for me. <laughs> the blood was draining from my head. I'm like, he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me (laughs) with the most famous guitar player in the world asking me to show him how I played something. He learned that I didn't play on guitar. I fooled him. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, it was great. Anyway, so Betty White. All right. Yeah. So the show is called hot in Cleveland. The theme's Mm -hmm. short. I think it's like 10 or 12 seconds, Mm -hmm. but they had times where I would work with the gals because they would be in a band. So I'd write something for that. And I remember being on the set and teaching, I have a picture here of uh, you know, teaching Betty White how to play drums. And it was just really diverse. And so was the show with Cedric the Entertainer. And it was fun because in all of those kids shows, yeah, you don't get, you don't go to the set. You don't meet the actors. You're very disconnected from that. In these sitcoms I was working on, and those are my two favorites. You're very involved. You go to the shoot nights. If there's music in it, you're there for the cold read on Monday morning. You got to start writing the songs or anything special. And it was, I worked with, yeah, they had so many guest stars from not even my generation, even a bit before me, but I knew who they were. And it was just great to work with all those people. So that I think was the most fun. Mm. It, the show should have been uh i mean it was very big on tv land for that and then it just died in syndication but mm. it was a, it was a great show and everybody mm. on it was wonderful so mm. i was really really proud really really proud of that mm. i mean you've done a lot in your career but if i may ask what is your current dream project like if i could do this I could die a happy man. What would that be for you right now? Uh, uh, yeah, like a reboot of Breaking Bad. Oh, something like that. Okay. Something incredibly dark that needs lots of complicated textures right. to make mm. it work and where you create a real signature sound. Mm-hmm. So um, 
it would, I would love to have a, and, and it, I, it will happen to have that type of a series with that's successful like that or well-known, I should say. So mm. that is something I would love to do. I would like to do some dark stuff because I've never really done a score like that. So it'd be a real challenge. It'd be refreshing. It'd be fun. Mm. That would really interesting there. Not sure how I yeah. feel about a remake of Breaking Bad, at least this soon. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, right. for sure. <laughs> Maybe something, not literally, but something like it. Well, something, yeah, but something yeah. within that same the same vein or something same tone. like it. Yeah. Right, right, right. Or Chernobyl or something like that. Yeah, Chernobyl um, is a great show. Just something great re- painfully dark. Painfully mm. dark. Mm. Or another kid series. I mean, I love everyone I've done. Uh, I did this show, Thundermans, for Nickelodeon. It was a mm-hmm. blast. Yep. It was so fun. Yeah. Just always fun. Hmm. I mean, I know you said you hadn't really been following it, but ha- has there ever been a, a a Ranger series that you wish you could have made the theme song for it or composed music for it? Mm, not that I've really thought about, because honestly... Right. There's, uh, there's just so much other stuff going on that I've never right. really revisited that stuff. I would love to get called back for X-Men 97, oh. uh, the reboot, but I, I, I know Marvel and they're going to have their, their people and I'm sure it'll be great, but I haven't, I haven't heard a thing from them. Yeah. Uh, that's unfortunate because th- they really should call you. I mean, as far as I care, your theme for X-Men is basically the de facto X-Men theme song. You know, there are superheroes that that I know. Yeah. Cause there are, once you get a really solid theme associated with particularly a superhero or a superhero team, it never really goes away. Even if they try to make a new, a different theme later, there's usually shades of it there. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, the theme for Superman from 78, it's never really gone away because it's iconic. It's John Williams. Even the right. the newer Superman stuff has shades of it in there. So right. for me, none of the X-Men movies have really landed on a solid enough theme song, I feel like, for the team because everyone goes back to what you did on the show. And yeah, on the, and Marvel doesn't really do themes for characters. I mean, there's no. all sorts of other things. I mean, Star Wars, Superman, everything else you're mentioning. But if you went to the Marvel films, and that's just their philosophy. I mean, they're hugely successful. But you could say, hey, uh, sing me the theme to Iron Man. And they'd go, uh, uh, there's no theme. <laughs> <laughs> you know it doesn't yeah. exist it's just score right for some but, but for it some works. reason yeah but for some odd reason they did it for the avengers and that's like the one piece of mcu music that's really stuck yeah and they but, they should i think they should do it more it's the same with advertising advertising used to have their set theme and they would just run it forever so even if you were in the other room you knew it was mcdonald's you knew it was this and then Mm -hmm. came everything just started changing they got away from they got bored with themselves not realizing that by keeping those that little 
hook music or whatever, it was actually working so well mm-hmm. for yeah. them. So mm-hmm. whatever. That, I mean, it's just the way things have evolved. It's not good mm-hmm. or bad. It's just different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you would change from uh, not just your time at Rangers, but just anything that you've done in your career so far? No, because the phone really? always I rings. Like it. Yeah, there's I like it. there's nothing. There's there's nothing. I mean, I've had some times where it's slowed down, but it's been for a purpose. And mm. but other than that, there's always as soon as something ends, and I think. Well, maybe, uh, you know, I just, my son just went off to college. So now I'm kind of free if I wanted to hop in the car and go, go somewhere, travel a little bit. But I know the moment I plan it, as it always happens, the day before I'm going to get a call and they're going to say, hey, it's a huge project. Uh, Need a theme. You want to try? I'd be like, okay. (laughs) Because (laughs) I love it. It's not like working. It's ne- the tech stuff associated with it can be a bit of a pain in the butt. But other than that, mm-hmm. it's just always fun. Even when it's frustrating, it's still a challenge, which is good. I like, I like your attitude. More people need your attitude, sir. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just, oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the trick is to love what you do. It is true. Yes. For sure, for sure. I, it, it's just interesting. You said you, you know, you, you know that you say that, and you said that you know you rattle off the go-go theme, and you know, it, in a couple of hours, send it to them. They didn't change a thing. And then, when was it? About ten years ago now. You did the Power Rangers Redux album, which everyone just yeah, went yeah. nuts over that. <laughs> and I had to abide by all those rules with it because uh, I don't own the rights. But on some of the stuff, I'm listed. I'm the writer. I mm-hmm. am listed as a writer on a couple of the songs. So right. I could only cover the ones that had been released on a, any audio only product. Interesting. But okay. Luckily, luckily that rock adventure had pretty much everything I wanted to do. So, uh-huh. I, I, but that wasn't the original intent. I had a little bit of time, and I thought, well, I haven't um, since SPD. I haven't really sung at all i mean really i i don't go out and sing i'm not a singer and i said i wonder if i could still hit those notes it was kind of a personal challenge on the theme (laughs) and i got through that chorus and the high harmony and i went all right well i'm gonna redo the theme it'll be fun and i went well hell maybe i should redo some of the other songs because they don't really exist anywhere without that dialogue all over them Right. The original Rock Adventure album had no dialogue at all. And they, but they were getting in so much trouble saying the music was causing kids to be violent that they said, let's tone it down. Here's a bunch of dialogue, pick stuff and just throw it over it. Just soften the blow. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know that one of the selling points of the Redux album was that you were using modern tech basically to make it so what was the biggest difference between making the music back in the 90s for the show and then what you did on the redux album well everything uh we used two two inch tape machines and Mm. these are huge reels of tape and so i would have they have to lock and so you have about 
46 good tracks. You stay away from the edges. Mm -hmm. And the biggest pain in the butt is you want to put down this part well, you've got this system and you've got a giant recording council. And so you've got to punch in the time, hit it, do 30 seconds of pre-roll, wait for the machines to lock, wait to the part you want to just punch in one line because uh, I was engineering myself. And then if it didn't work, uh, now I can do better. Back, hit rewind, wait for them to lock, do it. So it was slow. So the biggest difference was back then when I did Power Rangers, my sampler, I, I had maybe 10 snare sounds. Mm -hmm. And now I have probably 10,000. But I could sit <laughs> there and just hit the arrow key and listen to anything go like, yep, yeah, that's the one. That'll work. Let's try that. Mm -hmm. And the technology is just so much better. It allows you to be way more creative and have a lot more fun because you're not right. just waiting always waiting when when we mix the first album with my band fisher i brought in this guy don smith who had mixed all the rolling stone stuff and mm -hmm. uh alice coop i mean a legend right. but this was the first time album he was going to mix digitally and it drove him nuts because he said i've had a habit for 35 years where i go to hit rewind and I'd light up my cigar and I take a few puffs mm. and then I wait and I hit play. And then he goes, there's no breaks with this stuff. You just keep working. And I it goes, I don't like it, <laughs> but he got used to it, of course. So uh, that's the greatest, that's the best advantage. You have so many sounds at your fingertips. Everything goes quickly. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> if you make a mistake playing, within two seconds you can be right back in there and just correct it or edit it i mean it's it the technology is wonderful and that's mm -hmm. why some of the new stuff by some people just sounds so amazing and is so creative mm -hmm. uh, i got a i think a couple more questions here our time is uh winding down so okay. What are some projects that you are working on right now? I think you've hinted at a few of them, but you know, is there anything thing that you can share with us, whether it's film or TV composition, a, a new music well, album or something like that? No, no albums right now. Right now I'm writing a bunch of uh, magical fantasy stuff uh, oh. uh, for a music library that is pretty high end that mm. they license that YouTubers and podcasters can go get stuff from here. So they oh. called and they said, um, just think of something you'd like to do and then let us know and just go ahead and do it. So I went through and I just saw that there was a huge void in this, not quite Danny Elfman like stuff, but, stuff that has a little bit of motion positive and dynamics but it's kind of magical and easily editable too mm. so so i noticed they had almost nothing at this library and i said magical fantasy mostly positive and they said uh, uh great go <laughs> so i'm three of ten in and working on the fourth one today and then there's a couple things I can't discuss coming up. 
And then um, still, like I said, there'll still be that big video game. If that thing ever mm-hmm. really comes out, it's going to okay. be just uh, unbelievable. So when you say the a, next world, so when you say a library, an Amazon game, but yeah. So oh, when you sorry. say a library, Ron, you're talking about something like Soundstripe or some other some of those other services, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. and they're if they're if they're higher end, it's 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 taken over a big chunk of the business because yeah, you want right. something that sounds like EDM. You have five thousand things to pick from. Sure, you're certainly going to do that before you go hire somebody. Hmm. Note to self. Find Ron's music on in this library for podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Do magical fantasy podcast about leprechaun. <laughs> uh, I do. I actually have a. I have a, a, a fun little question to ask you, Ron. You said you've you've done sure. some commercial. You've done some commercial work. Mm-hmm. What has been What has been the 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 weirdest or quirkiest commercial you've ever compu- You've ever composed music for. Oh, I had to do one for uh, women's feminine products. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, um, you know that that needs that needs music too. And yeah, so they send you the cut, and it's kind of a animatic, which means it's sure. basic drawings, kind of moving around, and right. the product is you know moving on its own, and you're just like I. T- what do you write for this? And then you do. So that was actually pretty funny. The more successful, easier ones were always car commercials. That's always easy. Oh, it's like, right. okay, it's a cowboy getting out of his Chevy truck. We're going to use slide guitar and write some sort of cool right. groove under this. Right. And then with the car companies, then I, I was known, which was very, I was flattered. It was wonderful. Every once in a while, they want to rebrand themselves. You know mm-hmm. this well. Mm-hmm. And so Toyota called once, or the ad agency called and said, uh, right. Toyota wants to rebrand themselves. Um, they want something that just will do that for them. So I think everybody else was focusing on the product. And I wrote this song uh, called Beautiful Life. And it was about me taking my little boy to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And so... It uh, when they played it, they said, it, "You're the only one that actually wrote a song. Mm-hmm. You, you don't even mention up the, anything about a car. You just say, hey, child, you know, get up and go. A big world's waiting for us.' Mm-hmm. So it was uh, that went well, and then a huge one for Hyundai that they ran from like '99 to 2003 called Freedom Is Calling. So uh, I think I remember just, that ad. Yeah, boy, that one was really good. Yeah, that one was really, really good. Mm-hmm. It was nice because they just kept reusing it all the time. It was fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun to mm-hmm. see it. Mm-hmm. Never underestimate the value of good music and advertisements. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was it was more important then. And be honest with you, I only stream now, so I don't really see that many ads. Mm-hmm. So, because I guess it's all ads now. It seems like <laughs> watching football or something. It's like, get me through the ball. Let's take a break. That ball was thrown, brought to you by Stanley Measures. Stanley, the best power tools you can get. All right, we're back for our Gatorade grass sponsorship. The grass down there, paid by by Gatorade. 
Let me tell you, unless you've got the paid version of YouTube, it's not much better there. And then depending on which YouTuber or YouTube channel you watch, you still can't get away from them because the, they will do cold reads and their own little ads in the middle of the show. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. No, I pay, I pay for it. Cause I go to YouTube all the time. Just as reference. I'm like, I I'm sick of ads. And then I got it. And then sometimes with my tech stuff, uh, they're going to introduce a new, uh, whatever violin library or something. And it starts off with, Hey, I'm Ron and you're watching. Da, 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 da. Be sure to hit like, I'm like, I don't like you yet. You, you haven't done anything yet. <laughs> and then I just keep hitting the 15 second key. And I'm like, we are six minutes in of you talking about everything you've done in your life, you know? <laughs> so I, if any YouTubers are listening, here's the thing. You don't just walk up to someone and say, hey, like me. You wouldn't do that anywhere. You wouldn't go in the bar and go, hi, like me. <laughs> Get or your you ass could. kicked, right? Or you could do that, but it may not yeah. end well. Yeah, if you want somebody to not like you. Yeah, exactly. Hey, like me. Boom. <laughs> Yeah, wait. <laughs> That's a comedy sketch waiting to happen. YouTubers uh, in real life, and all that's all they do. <laughs> it, it should be, or the games that have the you know you you finish like I play Words with Friends before I can even see what happens. Something pops up. Hey, you want to play with a unicorn? Like no, 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 go away. No, no. Hey, you can buy this special deal. Go away. And there's times I would like to walk into that company. I would wish. They would go, we want, it would just be great to walk in and go, oh, it's so nice to see you guys. Hey, would you like a free Coke? You want a Coke? You want to buy a Coke for me? All right, let's get back to business. I'm sorry. That stuff happens all the time. How about, hey, hey let's all go to the bathroom. You know, just It's just so obnoxious. It's gotten right. so overbearing. Right. Uh, well, th that actually reminds me. I should have mentioned this at the top of the show. But shout out to our listener, Reggie Sharper. He put us in contact with you because he plays words with friends with you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is just wild for me. I swear Reggie plays words with friends with Anybody and everybody who's ever been involved with Power Rangers. It's insane. <laughs> he knows everyone because of words with friends. And you know what Reggie never said at the beginning? Hey, like me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, Ron, uh, one last question before we wrap things up. That's along right. similar lines. What, what is your best piece of advice for aspiring musicians become a lawyer <laughs> <laughs> become an entertainment lawyer you'll know everybody in the business you'll get to go places you'll have some say over your career and <laughs> and uh you might get to buy a house <laughs> No, no, seriously. No, the way, the way, the way truly in and composers ask me this all the time, because they'll say, well, I went to this school and I'm thinking of getting an agent. And I said, well, the agents only are good for the really big guys mm -hmm. because they're going in and negotiating the deals. Other than that, they don't do anything for you. I've never even had one. Mm. And the best thing is they said, well, how could I get a job as a composer assistant? And I said, one friend listening did this at Hans Zimmer's place. He just mm. knocked on the door and he said, I make great coffee and I'm available 24 seven. 
and they hired him the next day. And then he was in charge of Hans's complete sample library. It was a different format back then. And within a year, he was on to starting to score little bits for some of the big, big films. Mm-hmm. So the whole wow. thing is just to be available. That's the way in. And if you're doing the band thing, doing the songwriter thing, just keep doing your thing. Stay honest. Don't don't cave into the current sound. Do what's mm. real to you. Mm. And people, because people always sense honesty mm. and in your work, and and stuff will start to happen. Mm. That's, That's what's it about. Advice. Don't try to be. Yeah, don't try and be anybody else ever. Mm. Mm-hmm. They're yeah, already was, there. Yeah, yeah. That was actually some similar advice I got when I was in college studying writing. They said you know, the 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 way it was phrased was write like you talk. Don't try to copy someone else. Like you know, if you're a writer, don't copy Ernest Hemingway because you'll just sound like a watered down Ernest Hemingway. Be mm-hmm. you. <laughs> yeah. No, that's it's the absolute truth. Just absolutely be yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, you're definitely but an original. You're definitely an original, Ron, and and we really, really, really appreciate you coming on and talking with us. This has been a blast, so thank you, sir. It has. Oh, it's been so fun, really fun. Yeah, <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Uh, and uh, uh, just sitting down with you for an hour, I wish we could go on for several more. I have. Yes. <laughs> if we if we're ever in your area, uh, Michael, I think we should go to like. I don't know if he ever does like a concert or something, we should just go hang out with him. Right. Right. Uh, I think be better. Yeah, yeah. 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 We'll go to a bar. Right. <laughs> there you go. Right. <laughs> we'll have uh, Michael. We'll have bragging rights for life. We'll say we had, <laughs> we had drinks with the man who wrote power Rangers. <laughs> Yeah. Or the music. Yeah, the music. Yes, the music. I don't know. Drag. I don't know how yeah. far that's going to get me in life, though, Nathan. That's that, that, that's that, that may not get me very far. I will say that. Uh, oh boy. Yeah, it's not really going to be a benefit. Right. Yeah, it won't. It's, it probably won't. It probably won't get me laid. So that that that's that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've already made those jokes. Oh, anyway. uh, but uh, but before we sign off, Ron is uh. Here's your opportunity to do some shameless self-promotion. What do you want to let all the listeners with attitude know about where they can find you and you know anything else you want to let them know about? Well, I'm on Facebook, so you, I, and I have uh, I think I have the little blue check there. I was gifted with that once by the Facebook gods, so that you'll know oh. it's really me. And then, other <laughs> than that, there's just uh, Ron W R O N W dot com. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and that's the website that'll lead you to other things, which yeah. may or may not be true. I saw nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. I wasn't there. <laughs> so thanks again, Ron. And thank you, listeners with Attitude. And as always, may you always score like Ron Wasserman. And may you be as mighty as our friend Raw here. And may the power protect you. Thank you for listening to The Power Trip, a podcast produced and hosted by Michael Hamilton and Nathan Marching. If you'd like to send us feedback, email us at powertrippod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at The Power Trip Pod, and join our official Facebook group, Power Rangers Legacy. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other great podcasters. The podcast logo was designed by Rebecca Hudgens. Follow her on Instagram at super underscore R underscore illustrations. 
Our theme songs are from the album Power of the Grid by Neil Stenson. We also use Galaxy Quest Instrumental by Heaven Wraith from the OC Remix album Jet Force Gemini Mizar Attacks. All film and audio clips belong to their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended or implied. The Power Trip has no association with Saban Entertainment or Hasbro. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and or Podchaser to spread the word about the show. And until next time, see ya! This podcast is part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcasting Network and is copyright 2022 Kaiju Ramen Media, LLC.